it has been a million years since my last podcast or since like april or something but hopefully this one's really good and it makes up for the 20,000 months that i haven't been podcasting <laughs> now nah, i've just been getting a lot more um thought-filled and thoughtful about what i share i don't really like sharing things when i don't really have anything much to say or forcing content unnecessarily or just talking for the sake of talking in fact it's like a nervous reaction i have and i hate when i do it i really really hate when i do it so tonight today whenever you're listening to this i had something to say and i decided to say it and what that is really about is sometimes the signals our body is sending us that are really really trying to send us like very very important messages about how we feel where we're at why we need to evolve why we probably need to leave the space the relationship the career the job the whatever and we're not doing it we're ignoring it because well actually the because is exactly what this podcast is about so my beauties and bees might be some my beauties without further ado of course you know it some things never change let's get into it so one of the things and i'm just like you know full disclosure i gotta be candid here one of the things about myself that like i absolutely cannot stand like it bothers me so much that I'll end back up in the same position multiple times in a lifetime, <laughs> clearly, as history has shown, is just like subconsciously ignoring and suppressing signals my body sends me. So I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I overstay my moment i don't want to say my welcome because it's not really related to things like that but my moment like i'll set a goal for myself and i'll be like okay i'm gonna be at this particular job for two years and then like four years later i'm still there and yes i know that life is dynamic and ever evolving and all of the things but it bothers me because a lot of times what begins to happen right around that mark that I set for myself is I begin to experience signs of actual physical discomfort, like literally. And sometimes it'll start maybe like mental discomfort where my thoughts will start maybe spiraling a bit or I'll be really, really uncomfortable about something or I'll feel really bored, really unenthused, just very mundane about the entire ordeal, which wasn't really an ordeal, but now has become one because ding, ding, ding. I have outgrown it. But what I'll do then is repeat this sensation in my mind of fear, of fear of the unknown, fear of failure, and like go back over something which I've probably realistically been through at least four or five times in my adult life that has happened before change. So now, as I have experienced it more often, I'm definitely more aware of it, but it doesn't change the fear of taking the next step. And I think with a lot of us, I'm I'm sure that I'm not the only one because, you know, in a world of billions of people, I can't be the only one doing anything. It can't be that rare, right? But I think a lot of us ignore the signs our body is telling us, you know, we ignore the things that are trying to say to us, you've outgrown this, you're not comfortable here anymore, this person is not 
really your friend. They don't have your best interests at heart. This is not a good thing for you. Or simply like, you know, you're just not excited about this anymore. And don't get me wrong. We don't need to be constantly excited about things all the time. But if there's one thing that this year has truly, truly, truly reminded me of, and I would say like a couple of years ago, I was also really reminded of this just because of the situation, circumstances, happenstances and experiences around me is life is too fucking short to be doing things that make us super uncomfortable because they're actually not for us. It's too short to not be doing the things that actually make us feel alive and happy and illuminated and magical and bright and allow us to share our most beautiful selves with the world, thus allowing the world to be a bit more beautiful because it empowers people to their own selves. Like, we can't stay stuck in spaces that we've outgrown. But more importantly, how do we identify these spaces that we have outgrown and what are these big signals or sometimes really simple small subtle signals that we are feeling and experiencing that we're ignoring and for me I have a lot of them um, and sometimes it's really hard for me to distinguish and decipher between those emotions and something else because I get really anxious and sometimes my anxiety is very very annoying and honestly, like very um, crippling to be, if I'm just being 100% honest. And on the topic of that, let me just insert this right here. Just because, honey, just because we see people appearing to be okay because they don't, I don't know. And I talk about this all the time. And still, I hear people say this dumb shit like, well, you're posting, so you're good. <laughs> and I'm always like, I don't even, anyway, <laughs> just like the most cynical element of me comes out and I'm just like, what, 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 where the fuck are we still thinking like that? But just because things appear beautiful or appear balanced or appear to be at ease doesn't mean they are. Sometimes these beautiful surfaces, not always, don't get me wrong, but sometimes they're honestly just people trying to be grateful in the space that they're at, you know, make do with what they have make the best out of something that's not that great people are just trying to you know they're just trying like we're all just trying you know I don't think I'm the only one um and I know I'm not the only one because what I do for a living the multiple things that I do allow me to listen to people every day for many many years now and in listening to people every day for or many days for many many years now I know that even the people we hate even the people we don't want to think we have things in common with well <laughs> We do. And sometimes it's the things we never, ever thought we would have in common with them. So let's get into a bit of like the signals that our body tends to send us when we are, when something's not quite right, when we've outgrown things, when we just are not being fulfilled in the ways that we need to anymore. And I really think it's important to talk about this because I think so many of us are living a life of settling. We're living a life where we make do we just try to make the best of it, we settle, we just, you know, and multiple things can be true at the same time. I can be very grateful with where I'm at while striving for the fucking excellence that I truly think I deserve and I'm capable of. And you can too. And ain't nothing wrong with that, baby. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of the way that our body talks to us, the signals it's sending to us, and what these things could really mean for us and what our beautiful ways to execute change around the areas that are no longer allowing us to really bloom because you know blooming where you're planted is cute or whatever honey but if you are this amazing like forest 
and you're just trying to exist in a very, very small plant pot, that's a problem, okay? You need to go be a forest, honey, and your roots are only going to stay in that place for so long. Okay, let's get into it. First things first, anxiety. Yes, you don't think you have it. Maybe you're tired of the buzzword. I am too. Um, Actually, I'm tired of a lot of buzzwords, but such is life. But let's get into the way that this manifests for different people. You could be getting ready for work one morning and you have really bad stomach aches. And maybe you're not going to the bathroom, but your stomach feels very uncomfortable suddenly. A lot of times I feel like we'll either feel this like literally in the bowels of our gut, not bowels of our gut, but maybe that too. Who knows? Or you're feeling it where, you know, depending on what you're into, your diaphragm, your solar plexus, you know, your root chakra, whatever. Something feels a little bubbly, feels a little fluttery, but not in a good way. It's not like those butterflies that you get when you see that really like, you know, like a sexy something passes by. Not that. It's a feeling that doesn't feel good. And, or you, or you feel like a lump in your throat. If you are getting ready for work in the morning and you're feeling a lump in your throat, something is not quite right you know what I mean or suddenly like you find yourself in a bad mood and you're not really sure why because nothing different has happened nothing particularly dramatic has happened but every time that you have to you know um, undertake this particular endeavor while whether it might be seeing a particular client engaging with a distinct family member or maybe even like engaging with your spouse or someone who you've been friends with for like decades. It's not normal for your body to have a volatile or mildly consistent and comfortable reaction to something if you actually like doing it or if you actually want to do it or if you actually enjoy doing it, doing it or if it actually fulfills you. And this is a funny thing because I think... Sometimes there's a thin line between exploring the unknown and doing something new because there is nervousness and, you know, fear and butterflies and anxiety around things like that too. But there is often a different kind of anxiety linked to the things that either are not for us, don't align with us, don't make us feel good. We've outgrown them. They're making us miserable. The man, they say, aren't you? You know, the, the woman, she aren't you? Whatever, right? There is a distinctly different feeling, I think, that's associated with that. And it, it really just doesn't feel good. It is a feeling of restlessness that feels like no matter how restless you get, there's no rest for it. Or a feeling of just like, oh my God, I got to go to the bathroom suddenly. And then you go and like, there's just nothing happening or you feel like throwing up, or you are throwing up in some cases, or you're crying and you're not really sure why. You know, a lot of these things are our nervous system trying to communicate with us that something is not quite right. And the sad part about it is, is that I feel in some cases, and actually in many cases, so many of us, unfortunately, are so used to settling for things that we may not even know another feeling. We may not know 
that there is better out there we may not know that there is someone out there who aligns more beautifully with us and we could be having a much better love experience or relationship experience we may not know that there's a job out there that will challenge us in the ways that truly bring us joy and yes challenge and joy can go in the same sentence you know we may not realize that there is a group of people a group of friends who will really fill our cups in a beautiful way and not just us consistently pouring into them. There's so many of us that have lived a very, very, um, I don't want to say melancholy life because I think life has many different facets to it. But I do think that there's so many of us that are just kind of existing and we really would rather not, but we don't even know where to start. We don't even know how to identify anything anymore. And we subconsciously ignore all of the signals that are making us uncomfortable if you are getting headaches you know what i mean like every day at work or you feel sad when you have to go into work i remember i can think of two positions i've held where maybe if not for the entire time there definitely came a point in time where nothing was making me feel excited now let me tell you all something child dressing clothing styling creating and curating looks honey brings me joy like i don't care where i'm going i could be going to the supermarket i could be going nowhere at all just for a drive i could just be at home if i feel like having a certain look and embodying a certain aesthetic um i will and truthfully that brings me great joy but i remember that in these two positions specifically or maybe even three, one which was okay, but then like I just grew, you know, I outgrew it. Not even that was bringing me joy. Like nothing really was bringing me joy. And what I, what I personally tend to do, is I will bury myself in the work so that I can just give people my best. Because what I never want to happen is for my performance to be so poor that it impacts the people who I am offering a service to, really, really negatively. No. I'm not going to get everything right. I definitely don't get everything right. Um, Especially as a solopreneur, I get a lot of things wrong all the time. And I've had to learn to accept that. And child is a perfectionist, baby, that's just recovering child still. Oof, it's not easy. But this is different. There is a feeling that I would get where it's like I was bored. I was miserable. I was unenthused, unenthralled. I couldn't see any space for me to grow. I couldn't see any space for me to evolve. I couldn't see any upward mobility or any cross mobility. I just couldn't see any mobility. I just felt like a stagnated stagnated pool of nothingness, like a cesspool of stagnation. <laughs> and that's very hard for me. I love to grow. I love to evolve. I love to thrive. And thriving for me looks like learning different things, um, mastering those things, learning new things. And I like that continuum. It really feels very good to me. And I don't need to be doing that every single day or every single month or every single minute. But I do need stages throughout my experience where that occurs. Education just fills me up. It it, it just illuminates my soul and my spirit. And um, when I just feel like there isn't anything else really happening, I get very, very bored and very just uncomfortable. And I always remember um, specialists, like a medical specialist once telling me, you know, underwhelm is just as dangerous, if not more so than overwhelm. And I get really underwhelmed when there's no space for me to grow, spread my wings more or learn or, or, or be challenged a bit in healthy ways. So 
I had noticed that in these spaces, I would wake up and I would feel sick. And I remember in one particular position, which this was crazy. I remember my partner at the time saying like, well, are you going to leave now? Like, is this enough of a reason for you to leave now? Because I had a very big problem with letting go of things. <laughs> like, I would be like, no, did I master everything? Did I do everything I could possibly do? And I think at that point, if I'm being honest, as unhealthy as it was, um, you know, the perfectionist in me years ago as a, a young 20-something, you know, I always wanted to do my best. I never wanted to feel like if I gave up. I never wanted to feel like if I failed at things. And it was because there were things in my earlier 20-somethings that I, and late teens that I felt like I didn't finish the way that I wanted to. So I would like really just overstay time where I did not need to be there proving anything. And I was never going to prove anything to the people who I, I don't know if I was trying to prove it to myself or to them, but I was never going to prove anything to the other people anyway, because child, they had, you know, they just who they are and bless them, but no, <laughs> right? So I didn't even know what I was trying to do. And essentially what I realized in retrospect that I was doing is just torturing myself, staying in places that I had outgrown, staying in places that weren't healthy for me, staying in places that perhaps I was never even designed for to begin with and just trying to make it work, like trying to be this big, large, you know, bouncy ball in a square hole, which round ball, square hole, large, small them two things don't fit, baby. They just they just don't. Um, but one of the biggest signs I remember my body giving me outside of the feeling of discomfort that I would get every single day and the amount of cigarettes that I was smoking. And yes, I did smoke for many years. And it was, I would like to think it wasn't a stress reaction, but it probably was, you know, at at, at some points for sure. But... I remember specifically that at one point, um, I got really, really sick. And I woke up one morning, I was very, very stressed with blood all over my pillow, dried onto my face. Um, it was really not cute. And it was not, it was not a fun experience to see, you know, or to feel or to experience. I was just so stressed that my nose started to bleed I have never before or since had that experience I've lived in places where there is winter I've never had those experiences then and it honestly broke my heart that that is the point that I would have gotten to where I had given so much of myself that my body was starting to bleed because of the tremendous stress and pressure that I was on like that's disturbing and even then, for a very short period after that, I still tried to make it work because I didn't want to give up and I didn't want to be a quitter. And there are some narratives that really and truly, like, you don't need to ascribe to that. You know, somebody told you in your life that you're a failure and you're stuck in a situation or you are staying in a situation because you're not stuck, but you're staying in a situation where you are literally like damaging yourself to be able to make it work. Honey child, you need to let go of those people's words from your brain <laughs> and give yourself the space to thrive in a space that may be more um, well aligned and designed for you. And if you are never being honest with yourself about the fact that you no longer want to be in a space, you are also not allowing yourself to be opened up to things that are that are better aligned for you. I think a lot of us, you know, 
we go to jobs every day where we're angry and we're uncomfortable and we're miserable, many of us. And we don't have a choice in some cases because we feel like, or we feel like we don't have a choice because we have bills to pay and we're in debt and we've got a lot of responsibilities. We have children or we have pets that we really love or we've made a big investment or a big purchase and we still have to think about that. And I'm not saying to ignore those things. And I'm not saying to act blindly or foolishly. If you are a super faith-driven person, child, you, you know, you find your way. I am not telling you to leave your job because of that. But I am saying start looking for other alternatives because I think that I am a person who knows for sure now that prolonged stress will make you ill. It'll give you some kind of NCD. It's going to give you an autoimmune. It's going to maybe give you a stroke, you know, um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, something. And sometimes that has a lot more to do with our attitude towards things. But sometimes what that actually is, is actually that the space that we're in is incredibly toxic for us and even if you take a little pay cut in some cases if the stress of the lowered financial earnings is not going to stress you even more to a ridiculous and detrimental point sometimes child your peace of mind honey in fact i dare to say always your peace of mind your peace of mind and that's going to be different for each one of us is paramount to anything and everything because if you don't have that as i said you're going to get ill things are going to fall apart anyway at some point it may not happen right now but it's going to happen and you don't want to get to a point where it's beyond fixing you know or the only way to fix it now is for someone else to care for you for like the rest of your life especially when you're younger but really at any age um we ignore those internal signals too much consistent sweaty palms and i'm just trying to think of all the different things uh as i said stomach aches Things like hemorrhoids, like, you know, sometimes we are just beyond a point where things are even making sense and we're still trying to fit the big bouncy ball in a small square hole. And like I said, if you are a forest, my darling, trying to fit in a very tiny pothos plant pot, it's just only going to be a matter of time before it becomes completely, completely, completely impossible to contain you and why are you trying to keep yourself contained in a tiny tiny plant pot when you could be thriving in all your glory and creating an entire ecosystem you know supporting other things and yourself you know why do we do that especially especially when it's so uncomfortable especially when it hurts so so much take a minute ask yourself why am I still torturing myself when I know there's better for me, when I know I'm smarter than this, when I know I could do better than this, when I know I'm limiting my potential, when I know that this is actually less than I could be earning and I could be earning more, but I'm too scared to make the leap. Ask yourself, get a get a pen and paper, sit down and make a list of what is really stopping me. Do not put this in your notes app on your phone. Get a pen, get a piece of paper. There's something about writing that allows our brains to release subconscious thought that we didn't even know existed there because we are too busy trying to survive half the time. And there's that. And let's go into another thing here that, you know, with all my reading and all my listening and all my watching, I had never heard of. Um, because a lot of us, you know, we're, we're, we're in fight or flight and we either fighting to just survive the moment or 
we're doing the thing and then every day we find some route of escapism to make ourselves feel a little bit more whole but it's not really really getting to the meat of the matter and fixing the actual challenge so let's get a little bit deeper into fight or flight versus the next thing but you gotta stay tuned you gotta stay tuned honey it's not even gonna be a long break but get your pen paper write down what you need to put a pause pause the pod you can come back i'm still gonna be here i promise talking because that's what i do (laughs) we know this but yeah let's find the opposite of what fight or flight is and how we can connect to that more and what i've been doing to try to connect to that more Now there's there's fight or flight and the other day I was listening to this lady talk about fight or flight and I don't in any way think that she understood what fight or flight meant. But fight or flight is a trauma response essentially and it isn't something that you want to be doing all the time but there are so many of us um, that I think have lived plenty of our lives in that mode pretty bad for your nervous system to always be in fight or flight pretty bad for your body pretty bad for your vital organs pretty bad for your brain pretty bad for the bad sorry for the development of your frontal your prefrontal and your frontal cortex pretty bad for a lot of things actually yeah and last week i'd gone to my one of my therapists i apply or ascribe to two modes of therapy or maybe a number of modes of therapy but two that I'm speaking of for the purposes of this conversation and one of them is is talk therapy which is just like regular you go to a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or counselor um, priest shaman guru whatever um, or even friend for some people which I have mixed feelings on but such is life We, we do what we can and you um, you talk to them, you know what I mean? And you discuss your ailments, you discuss your psychological feelings, you discuss whatever, and you try to find better ways to cope and to deal, or you just allow them to listen and observe, whatever the case may be. So that is one mode of therapy. And then another mode of therapy that, you know, you know, some of y'all is going to be a little bit too woo-woo for you. You're going to say, Gigi, what you mean? And I'll say, baby, if it doesn't apply, let it fly by, <laughs> right? But the other mode of therapy that I love to utilize and I, that I've been finding more um, effective for me recently, um, like let's say the past year or so, has been a more somatic approach to therapy. And somatic refers to the body, somatic therapies, and body, mind, spirit, soul. And I really do believe trauma lives in our body. I, I, I have just had enough experiences in my life that for me have shown me that it it really does sit not just in the seats of our soul but in in our in our pelvis in our shoulders we i mean literally a great example and i was thinking about how to incorporate this but then i just kind of gave up on it but it it was to come up well we carry tension in our shoulders and our necks and our lower backs or at the top of our spine top like i think you call it your cervical spine often many of us if not the majority of the population i massage people five days in a week more often than not the tension that i feel in people's um from their nape to the the base of their head to the base of their neck or their upper back is usually pretty not calm (laughs) it's very tense 
some people's muscles in their in their neck feel literally like they have like bricks or sandbags in their necks not to mention their traps which is like just across that area that's connecting your the base of your neck to like your shoulder bone you know and your scapular and for some people that just travels right down into like their their rhomboid major in their back and um you know lord knows for some people it's throughout their entire bodies that is holding tension trauma stress pain sadness heartache an annoying boss a co-worker you could do without in your body <laughs> okay because that is the manifestation of the discomfort or upset or lack of calm serenity and flow and balance in your body that you're feeling and so what I do is I go to therapy or a modality of therapy that helps to helps me to deal with that and and by deal with it I mean it helps me to release it to not hold it in my body anymore not hold on to it subconsciously in my mind and have it be a part of the my decision making processes because what I've learned right especially in in that um particular mode of therapy is that a lot of times like you know we're carrying things like something somebody said to us when we were five something somebody said to us when we were 20 some opinion someone had of us that we adopted as our own when we were 14 we're carrying so many things that are really not ours to carry number one number two that aren't necessarily even based in truth number three that we have grown past but we're still holding on to like a really dirty tattered disgusting old security blanket that probably has mold in it and would kill us but we're still holding on to it and it's not good for us but we think we still need it because of some narrative we told ourselves a long time ago sometimes things were great for the time and we don't need them anymore and what i've found is is that um more somatic therapy more body therapies help me personally to release things the other reason why it's important for me is that and i don't know if some of you guys will this will resonate with you but um a lot of or some of the experiences in my life that have had a major impact on me have caused me to subconsciously suppress. Like I would say suppression is one of my best talents, but it's not really a talent, child's a hot mess. So I wouldn't even realize that something is hurting me. I would be in discomfort for periods of time and based on my job and then just random life experiences. Like I'll just stay in the uncomfortable moment and bear through it. And sometimes even when I think about like my sport and stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's probably why I'm half decent at it or good at it. Because actually, I'm excellent at ignoring pain and carrying on. And while that can be optimized for the greatest good, because sometimes we got to suck it up, baby, got to put on your big girl panties and get into it and get over it and under it and whatever. But other times, actually, it's awful. And that ignoring that pain is very, very, very disastrous and damaging. It doesn't allow us to connect with other people in the ways that we could. It also doesn't allow us to give grace to other people as we could. So there are a lot of layers to these things. But for me, I probably have been suppressing emotions as long as I've known myself for very complicated and layered reasons at the root and at the top, both both ways. 
And I don't always realize when I'm uncomfortable until it's super overbearing. And this is actually both physically, emotionally, psychologically, like literally every, every Ali <laughs> that exists. So while in the somatic therapy to make a very short story long, not really, it's actually a very long story that is severely shortened for the purposes of this podcast. You know, I listened to um, my practitioner, she was talking about, um, she said, well, you know, we have to get out of fight or flight and bring our bodies back into rest and digest. Which, uh, it has been years that I have been <laughs> listening to things and reading things and watching things, journaling things. I mean, I've been journaling for a long time since I was maybe four. Well, no, since I was like maybe eight, actually. And I had never, ever, ever, ever in my entire life heard of the term rest and digest. And I'm telling y'all, I've taken a lot of content, a lot. Sometimes probably a little too much, but, you know, we all have our things. And I've not been able to get that phrase out of my mind. What a beautiful phrase for someone like me, right? Like, rest and digest let me explain why it resonated so deeply or or so loudly with me or both really like even physically (laughs) anxiety impacts my digestion process you know as a kid i had reflux i mean as a kid like seven years old not like 16 at 16 too but you know, I've just been suppressing for so long. If we got really, really like metaphorical about it, which I don't even know if it's a metaphor really, because the more I think about it, I think that, you know, mind, body, spirit is all so connected. I had reflux as a kid because I never like told my parents ever, like if something made me uncomfortable, if I was being teased at school, if I felt unintelligent, if I felt ugly, if I felt skinny and that that was a bad thing. I never told them. I never complained about kids saying mean things to me, even if they did or even if they didn't. I never expressed when I was being teased. about. I just never really told them anything. And I don't know why I didn't. Maybe I didn't feel like it was a safe space. Maybe it was just very in my head because I was a very like insular thought processes person. So I would talk, but I wouldn't sometimes be talking about the things that really, really sort of occupied my mind every day which I find fascinating and one day we'll understand why but it hit me how can you rest and digest when your mind is always going how can you rest or digest when you're carrying so much and I think sometimes my anxiety as a kid would get to me so much that it would manifest in reflux and if you talk to physicians If I'm not mistaken, as someone that had reflux and mild esophagitis at a very young age, which is insane, um, it's stress. And you think to yourself, and I've definitely been guilty of saying, just what the hell these little kids got to be stressed about? But we all have our story to tell. It doesn't matter how old or young or rich or poor or healthy or ill or whatever we are. We all carry our load differently. We all experience things differently. Something that impacts somebody to their core doesn't even move another person and they never give it a second thought. 
You know, it's just, we're unique. We're individuals, right? So how could I rest and digest when I was, I was so full of everything? And those things were putrid things that no one really should be holding on to. And it's not, it's not like an experience of like, you know, trigger warning, molestation, or um, like sexual trauma in that way. It's, it's not those types of things. It might have just been very run-of-the-mill everyday things to somebody else. But the impact on me personally may not have been good. And for some of us, things that seem really regular to other people just hit us differently for whatever reason. Completely fine, very understandable. And if nobody's told you that before, well, here I am to validate you a little bit more, baby, hopefully. No, but I thought about it and I thought, if you're constantly in fight or flight mode, so, you know, you, you're feeling tension behind your eyes because your blood pressure has raised. You have headaches, which are inexplicable beyond like the fact that you get up, go to work and you get the headache or you just start to get random pains. I mean, having something like fibromyalgia or lupus means that you're going to get random pain, you know, and sometimes you're going to have chronic everywhere all over you pain. If you are, you know, um, there are a lot of different little things, the ways that these things manifest, stress and, and anxiety manifest, or even like being just very depressed, feeling that you can't speak, feeling stifled, feeling like you are, you know, in some kind of like prison, which is not a physical prison, but you feel imprisoned by the, the, the environment that you're in. These aren't things that you want to stay in for overly prolonged periods of time. We have responsibilities, as I said, we have things. And sometimes I feel for some people, and I'm definitely one of those people where money matters make me stress the fuck out. Stress the fuck out. Out the fuck stress is the money matters in me, child. It's a lot. I don't, it just drives me insane. <laughs> like Avoidance is another thing too, you know, procrastination. These things... Yes, some of them are bad habits, but some of them are our minds and our bodies trying to send us a message. The real point of this podcast isn't to for me to be judging you on whether or not you, you know, have enough anxiety or too little or whatever. It's really just to ask you this simple question or group of questions so that hopefully you can listen to yourself a bit more. I want you to start asking yourself, why? Why am I staying somewhere where I'm very uncomfortable? Why am I choosing partners who really, really don't fulfill me or make me feel like happy or like I'm getting what I want. Like for instance, say if like you're a super romantic person. And I listen to these things so often with people. There are stories where people would say, well, you know, like nothing is perfect. But you find your joy or whatever. That's different. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking you are little miss romanticism. Or you are little Mr. Hyper um, sexual. And I'm not saying that with any judgment. I don't give a shit. Do what you want. And you're with a partner who literally, sex is not important to them. They don't give a shit. I'm not talking about like somebody who has like a hormone imbalance and their libido has crashed. That's not what I mean. I'm talking like they really do not give a shit. Like they could care less whether you climax, they climax, a mountain climax. They don't care, right? 
Why are you aligning yourself with that if it really doesn't align with you? If you love romanticism and all you ever wanted was somebody to take you out on a little picnic, child, with little flowers and whatever, some sandwiches with the cucumbers, whatever bullshit, you know, our beautiful thing, you know. Why are you staying with the person who, like, literally won't even hug you, you know, because it doesn't matter to them and they just don't care. They don't even make the effort because it's one thing if someone was raised differently and so things don't, you know, it's, it's, you know, but they're not even, they don't care. Why are you there? Why are you staying in the job that is literally the opposite of everything you want to be doing? Why are you not working in some way towards the things that you really want to be doing? Furthermore, why don't you think that you deserve better? Why don't you think you're capable when you probably do the thing in your spare time anyway, when it's your hobby? What is your fear around this thing? And then outside of those things, also, if applicable, if none of the other questions were applicable, fine. Ask yourself, how do I really feel? Am I happy here in this place with this person with this group of friends with this I don't know hobby whatever it is does it make me feel good why am I feeling ill whenever I have to attempt to do this thing you know is it a person is it the position is it the relationship ask yourself Far too often, we suppress emotions that could save us from really, really, really horrible things later down the line. We ignore these things. And a lot of us are not even aware of these things, child, because we are so busy just trying to just just trying to make do, trying to make it all work, trying to get the bills under control, trying to make sure we do whatever we need to do, trying to take care of our ailing parent, trying to take care of our spouse, trying to take care of our family. A lot of us are not even aware as to how to take care of ourselves. We have lost our connection with ourselves. We have lost our connection with our intuition. We've lost our connection with understanding how we really feel. We've lost our connection with understanding when things are making us feel sick because we felt sick for so long. And I just want to drive home this point to you as I close out this podcast I really need you to ask yourself how you feel. And when you ask yourself how you feel and you understand what it like, you know, what you're actually feeling. Ask yourself how you would like to feel and start working towards the things that are actually going to have a better impact on your reality. There are things in life that are very hard for us to come back from if we come back at all. There are well cards that sometimes come up because we have stopped listening to ourselves for so long that it's really, really hard for us to distinguish how we actually feel. Start a practice of listening to how you actually feel. You know, start even teaching your children to try to understand their emotions better. There are so many people I talk to that have never truly asked themselves any deep questions. Ever. They're, they just exist. They're just existing and existing in the existation. I don't even, like, I didn't even know. And for some people, maybe that's fine. And that thrills them and makes them really happy. I don't know. But if you're one of those people for, even for a moment, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't even think you're one of those people. And I'm not judging those people. I'm just saying that if you are one of those people who for any, even like a nanosecond of a moment is thinking that you could be doing more or 
that something actually is making you really uncomfortable or you're sitting down every day asking yourself why the dreams that you had as a kid aren't coming true yet or why you don't feel fulfilled or why you're so bored that you just feel like brain dead start asking yourself the necessary questions and also stop ignoring yourself and start asking yourself as well why am i ignoring myself why would my feelings not be relevant enough for me to validate them even with a moment of 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 giving time to them and assessing how i can better fulfill the things that i need as an entire being you know we deserve so much more sometimes than the the very minimal amount that we're settling for not just in relationships which a lot of us are doing but in our careers in our lives the way we sleep the way we eat you know what our bodies might look like that we may really really loathe and we're doing nothing like just absolutely nothing to create a different reality for ourselves in fact we're ignoring all the signs that our bodies are constantly telling us and I just think that personally, if I could go back into time, one thing I would do is listen to my body a lot more in my 20s because there are a lot of things I could have avoided, a lot of things I probably wouldn't have now, a lot of areas that I probably could have excelled in a lot more easily if I just given myself a moment to listen to myself. You know, I always talk about practicing the pause, but I don't know if we always understand what the pause is. It's the moment that you stop to listen to what your internal compass is trying to direct you to, you know. And a lot of times we have within us an inner guidance that is leading us to exactly what is for us. And we're just like ignoring it. We're just constantly ignoring it, pretending it's not there or just trying to survive, as I said. But rest and digest over fight or flight rest and digest over survival mode abundance of joy and fulfillment over just making do like you deserve those things we deserve those things but it's hard to get to them if you don't take a moment to listen to yourself and what you really want and i really really believe that when we do begin to listen to ourselves when we live a life of fulfillment when we live healthier lives mind body and spirit wise we are able to give more, do more, be better people, you know, support others better. When we've supported ourselves, when we've actually taken a moment to even listen and acknowledge that ourselves even exist outside of being a bill paying machine and, you know, just surviving, doing what we got to do. There's really just so much more to life than that. And I did this pod tonight because, you know, <laughs> I've assessed so many things this year. There's been a lot of grief this year, a lot of loss. And this forced me to look at life in many, many ways. And I'm pretty pensive. So generally, I will look at life in many ways anyway. But one of the things that I've learned about myself, you know, and it's a lesson that reoccurs every couple of years for me is, girl, when you say you're going to do something, when you say this is the expiry date, begin to prepare before that expiry date comes. It's kind of like knowing that tomorrow you really want the perfect milk and cereal breakfast and like the milk is expired in your fridge and you know that the milk is expired in your fridge but tomorrow you really really will know that you want this thing you've already assessed it the night before and the day before and the morning before and there was two hours where you were free in that day where you could have gone and got milk that wasn't expired but you didn't 
Why would you do that when you know in your heart of hearts where your heart truly lies, where your yearning and desires truly lie? That's it. I want to encourage you to stop ignoring that thing, that voice, the internal compass. Reconnect with yourself. Get back to the things that matter. Get back to a healthier mindset. Get back to a healthier set of practices. And even if you cannot make the change immediately, start shifting small incremental shifts to make the changes that you want. There are times when we are going to have to make do, when we are going to have to just put up with bullshit. But you can't, and I urge and implore upon you not to continuously do that forever. Super damaging, incredibly detrimental to you. Why would you want to destroy yourself? Why, you know, it's, it's just, it ain't nice, baby. Let's just put it that way. So to close out this podcast, start listening to yourself more, be kinder to yourself, be better to yourself. And of course, as always, Listen to yourself so that you can be your most authentic self, so that you can bring exactly what you have to the table, serve it up on a platter and make it matter. You understand? Like, life is far too precious. Life is far too unpredictable. It is of too high of a value for us not to find a connection with ourselves and make our lives something worthwhile, something purpose-filled, and something fulfilling. We cannot just continue to simply exist. Look around us. Look at the world around us. It, it is a gift to be able to experience life the way that many of us do. It is literally a gift. Literally, geographically, if we had been born in another place, our entire realities could have been completely different. Allow yourself to expand in the vibrant beautiful ways that you're designed to listen to yourself that's how we expand how do you become the amazing phoenix that spreads its wings and is resplendently just like soaring it starts with the little things listen to yourself journal if you don't know how to listen to yourself just start writing It'll seem like gibberish at first, but things will start to come out that you need to hear, that your brain, the parts of your brain that we're not even sure how they're working, need you to hear, that your heart needs you to hear, that your soul and your spirit need you to hear, things that will allow you to care for yourself better. And I really believe when we care for ourselves better, you know, we are able to give more to other people, but when child, we on that hamster wheel of just like all the things... It's so hard to connect with people. It's so hard to connect with people when you're constantly in limbo, when you're constantly fighting for your friggin' life, when you're tired all the time, just exhausted and drained and sad and stressed and miserable and, you know, Lord, I nearly choked, <coughs> choking on life, <laughs> feeling uncomfortable constantly. It's so hard. It's so hard to hear yourself when you're just fighting a million battles. And sometimes unnecessarily. And I think if we allow ourselves to assess a bit more, we'll recognize the areas where we no longer have to carry heavy loads or we don't need to constantly feel sick or certainly ways that we can allow ourselves to feel better in the long run. So I'm going to leave you with that. Listen to yourself. Love on yourself a bit. Be kind and gentle with yourself. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening to another episode of Hashtag 
wake up to wisdom. <laughs> Have a beautiful one, my beauties and my beast. Bye-bye.